With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, inspiration, empowerment, and liberation. And as always, we are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it's our goal, it's our responsibility, it's our hope to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, doing, and being, and impacting the world around you. And as always, there are many ways you can join us on this, this illuminating journey. Primary way, if you want to get your thoughts, insights in on the air, you can simply call the number that's available to you. That is 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your, your voice live on the air. Also, you can join the chat room. The chat line, chat room is open, so you can get in the chat room and uh, uh, also share your thoughts there. And you can follow us on our Facebook page, the Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like the page, subscribe to the show, and you can listen to archive shows all the way back that we've been doing this show for the last four years. You've been able to listen to that. Also, you can hit me up on my personal Twitter account, Prophesy, uh, at Prophesy on Twitter. My email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Follow us on our, uh, uh, our web page, um, PastorLorenzoTNeal.com. Uh, However you choose to do it, you're welcome to do it. There are plenty of ways you can do it. We always invite you to do so. So we're glad that you're here. It's another day's journey, and we are definitely glad about it. And we're excited. It's already, you know, it's, it's the second week of July, and it's just amazing how time has flown, how time is flying. So, you know, I'm glad about it. I don't know about you. I'm glad about it. It's a beautiful day here. It's a, it's a, it's a rainy day, cloudy day, but, you know, I, I'm glad it's broken off the heat just for a little while. So I have no complaints about that, and I'm glad to be in the land of the living one more time. we got a good show lined up for you, a good topic we're going to talk about today. We're talking about pastors and accountability, and I know we – you know, we touched on this on several places, you know, across the time. But, you know, we're going to talk about this. Particularly, how liable should pastors be if they do stuff that is uh, accordingly uh, to their profession, professionally unethical? Uh, you know, what should be their means? And, and of course, there, there are several things that uh, fall under that topic. But 
we're going to be discussing particularly one one incident uh, involving a pastor in Memphis, and we'll talk about that later on. Before we go any further, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love and kindness that's better than life. We thank you, God, for being for us, being with us, and helping us to see another day. We're just grateful. We pray, God, that you would let the words of our mouth and meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. All right, so it's a great Wednesday, and I hope that you're having a great day so far. And as always, we want to start this off because I really want to get into the topic. I got a lot. I got a lot. I got some sound bites, some great sound bites, clips that we're going to be discussing. I would like to hear your feedback on because I'm excited about it. But um, we're going to move forward as only we can here on Zero Today. But before we go any further, let's get some headlines uh, in. And uh seems like my mic isn't working, so just hold on for a second. I tell you, it's not one thing, it's another. All right. Uh, let's get into some headlines today. <clears throat> um, so today, uh, well, here's here's one headline that I thought would be interesting. On Monday, a man, uh, a man, came into the campus of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church, in Dallas, Texas. That's the church pastored by Dr. Tony Evans, with a stab wound. And the man uh, ended up passing away. The the man identified as 43-year-old Lynn Wilgus was found with a puncture wound to his neck uh, by witnesses on the campus who were there for early morning prayer meeting at the church. Now, this was Monday. And um, uh, the the story goes on to say that Wilgus uh, reportedly pulled his car into the parking lot and spoke to witnesses, church members, and those who were present. And uh, those members that he was speaking to noticed that he had blood, uh, blood coming out of his neck, and he attempted to enter the church with the person, with one of the members, to call 911. As the uh, as he followed the person to the church, he launched a second person who approached him and got a little bit combative, uh, tried to fight, and it was at that point that. Uh, he collapsed and died at the scene. Uh, now, we're not sure exactly where he died. doesn't report if he died in the sanctuary or in the vestibule of the church, but he died somewhere on the campus. Um, now, there is uh, reportedly no connection that the uh, mem- uh, the man uh, was not a member of the church, was not affiliated with the church in any capacity, and uh, apparently no member affiliated with the church was uh, uh any had anything to do with uh, or involved in any manner with this apparent death and so it's a sad thing to see that this man died on camp, on the campus of a church uh but the good thing is that there were those present who were trying to assist him and you got to give kudos to those persons who were there trying to assist him make sure that um he he got the help that he needed it's unfortunate that he did pass away and succumb to his his wounds uh now uh that uh, I know I've been to this campus before I've been to the church before uh, I know that there's health centers uh Tony Evans the whole block is <laughs> the church pretty much owns the entire block on that part of Oak Cliff so they had facilities they had means of assisting him if there was come you know if there had been uh if he had gotten there a little earlier or probably you know I I don't know but there were means to help him, and I'm glad that the members did not neglect him or, you know, didn't try to uh, just push him off. And I know some people, uh, probably at some churches, that would have happened. They would have just neglected a person walking onto campus with an obvious wound, probably would have been neglected, you know, and left for dead. I'm not saying that all churches would do that, but, you know, there are some that probably would have done that. So I want to give kudos to those uh, members of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship for uh, doing what they could to help this man uh, uh, before he succumbed. So you just have to, you know, and and I'm learning as a pastor, sometimes you just got to be prepared for anything. Uh, I, there have been times I'm here in my office and people will walk up 
you know, they see my vehicle there. They see that somebody's here at the church, and they're homeless. They need help. They need all this. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to help them sometimes, or a member is here to help them sometimes. You know, if we have food in the pantry, uh, we're able to help. We have clothes or money or whatever. You know, we we do that. Uh, we try to do our best to uh, to help this community, and, and, and it's just good that he did that. Uh, anyway, so I don't want to get on a ramble with that, but uh, I just thought that was an interesting news, and um, I'm glad that there are people who are still concerned uh, about others when they're wounded, especially when it comes to the church. So pray for the family of this gentleman. Uh, pray uh, his uh, agret, uh, uh, perpetrator be, be caught and properly dealt with. And uh, again, I commend those persons who took action. Here's a second story that I found very interesting, and I found it interesting because on next week I'll be doing a a workshop regarding uh, pastors and suicide at um, at, at, the lo- at the local church, and I've been doing this presentation on several places at several places in different events. But this story kind of is it, it it's heartbreaking, but at the same time it's uh is Interesting. Uh, Tampa Police Department said has news that a pastor, a Florida pastor, uh, who was high in debt, decided that the best way to get rid of his debt was to commit suicide. The Tampa Police, the Tampa Police Department said the Reverend Vladimir Dijedek, I don't know how, I, I, I'm probably massacred that, <laughs> was discovered by a maintenance worker Monday morning at the bottom of a staircase at the offices of his church, St. Joseph Catholic Church. So this is a Catholic priest. And here's the thing. Uh, the priest was under investigation for allegedly embezzling about $200,000 from his church. And um, he was found dead in the midst of the investigation. The investigation was going on, and he decided to commit suicide um, because he didn't want to he didn't want to face uh, face justice. I guess uh, said that he apparently hanged himself with a belt tied to a banister from his uh, that was in his church and. Uh, his some of his parishioners said that he was depressed after his parishioners discovered that he had a bad gambling habit and stole the money to fuel his gambling habit. And I, you know, we talked about last week. We talked about how wealthy should pastors be, and uh, I know a lot of people throw out the root of the uh, the uh, love of money is the root of evil, all evil. But here you have a uh, a pastor who uh, he did two things bad from my perspective. You know, not only did he uh, embezzle money from a church that he served as pastor, but he also took away his service to the people by committing suicide. Uh, I mean, I, I can understand him. You know, um, and well, I'm gonna talk a little bit about this too. Uh, in the show today about accountability when it's discovered that he was that he had taken this money he got depressed and i can imagine the shame the guilt and all of that stuff but the only way to to face justice in his opinion was to commit suicide i think that was a dangerous that was a bad decision uh but you know i i find it sad and i i find it selfish but at the same time i find it interesting because uh uh, here, this is a Catholic preacher, and we hear, we've heard about embezzlement with uh, more Protestant than Catholic, and you don't hear about that. Of course, you know, all persons are subject to, to sin and subject to lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Um, but to hear from the Catholic, you know, the, the biggest scandal we heard with the Catholic Church was, of course, with the uh, child molestation thing that happened, that came forth over a decade ago. And now to hear about this local priest who uh, thought he better that he kill himself than to face the justice system uh, is a sad day in the state of the church. And I think uh, it's just me, but it's just something that we should contemplate. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later as we get into the subject uh, of accountability and pastor impartation. 
But uh, pray for the parish, uh, St. Joseph in Tampa, Florida, for the diocese there who must deal with this tragedy and those who will be uh, indirectly affected by this tragedy. Uh, it is a tragedy. He took his own life. And, and like I said, uh, next week I'll be doing a, a, a seminar and workshop on that and uh, be with Bishop Adrian Williams in her church in Jackson, Mississippi, and the name of the church, <laughs> forgive me, Bishop, uh, I know you're probably listening to this, uh, uh, yeah. oh boy, uh, senior moment, but anyway, we'll be there on July 19th at 10 o'clock uh, with her, and I bet, I guarantee you, when I'm not thinking about the, sh- the, the name of the church, that's when it's going to come up, so. But uh, if you're in the Jackson metro area, I, I encourage you to come out, and we'll be uh, presenting on that, Pastors in Suicide and Depression. Uh, I've experienced it, and I know a lot of other pastors may be experiencing it, and I know how to articulate it with themselves or with their members or with others. So we're going to address that and other issues. But I don't want to get too much in that. We're going to get into the topics of the day, and we're going to be talking about uh, pastors and accountability and liability. You know, when is enough enough? When should pastors... Uh, when should members call in their pastors, you know, <laughs> calling them and check? And what should be the process and all of that stuff? We're going to be talking about that. And um, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but we're going to be talking about particularly one Memphis pastor who is in another series of legal battles that is just, uh, I don't know how he's standing, but he's standing somehow. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to get into our subject matter. For the day, so stay tuned. Don't turn us off or tune us out. Stay and keep us locked in till we get back from this break. Be right back. social networking as much as you identity thieves they can find your personal information and do some serious damage like your birthday or your mother's maiden name you need a new friend lifelock we scour billions of data points every day and if we discover that any of your personal information is misused lifelock is there call us at 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com today Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. Look, if you love sweets and treats, cakes and pies like I do, then you ought to check out Shima's Gourmet Sweets. Owner Tracy Earl bakes up some of the finest crafts this side of heaven. Shima's can give any sweet tooth that special treat, including gourmet apples, popcorn balls, designer cakes for any occasion. You name it, she can make it. And I tell you, they are good. If you love sweets, then you ought to check them out. Shima's Gourmet Sweets. If you're in a need for sweets, give Shima's Gourmet Sweets a call at 601-940-7897. And I guarantee you, it will be the best you ever had. I mean, she does some up from the best cakes, candied apples. My mouth is drooling just just thinking about it. And I can't have none because I'm a type 1 diabetic. But, hey. Still, that doesn't mean that you can't. So you need to check out Shima's Gourmet Treats. That's a treat for every occasion. Whatever you need, they can make it. And I guarantee you will never be disappointed. Shima's Gourmet Sweets, 601-940-7897. Give them a call today, and I tell you, your sweet tooth will be so satisfied. 
those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And today we're talking about pastor accountability, liability, uh, impartability, you know, impartation. Um, how much is too much for pastors? And, and, and let me preface this by saying uh, I am no, by no means uh, insinuating that I'm not a part of the problem because I have been a part of the problem. I know what it's like to... Put yourself on a pedestal uh, unintentionally and some intentionally and think you can get away with just about anything. I know what it's like to uh, commit fraud in the highest uh, in the highest regard. And I'm not talking about fraud, you know, as far as uh, identity theft or anything. I'm talking about uh, fraud regarding the moral self. I've been there. Uh, and in some ways, I still am there. I'm not perfect, you know. Recently, I was, you know, I, I faced some 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 difficult moral uh, challenges as a pastor, especially you know, in more recent history, and I find it hard in some ways to be uh, not not accountable, but but transparent as well. You know, I have a I have accountability partners that I share with, and I try to you know, I tell them, and they ask me point blank questions regarding some issues. And I have to give point blank answers. I also, when I um, I go to therapy, and um, in therapy, when there are issues that uh, are concerned regarding me, I I try to address them so that I can, you know, I help uh, overcome them. But there are some people, there there are some some pastors and some preachers and clergy who uh, refuse to address their own personal issues, and those personal issues affect their professional. Uh, performance and by professional performance, I, I, I this is me. A pastor is a professional vocation, just as a doctor, just as a lawyer, and and, and matter of factly, uh, that is how it's considered to be. And there are some who make the argument, particularly when it comes to you know prosperity. Uh, I hear this all the time. You know, the pastor is a CEO, and the pastor is this, and the pastor if uh, CEOs of uh, profitable five Fortune 500 companies should have wealth and riches. Then the pastor, being the CEO, whatever president, should reflect that, that in the secular world. And so my 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 thing is, if that is the case on that in regarding prosperity, it should also be the case. It should also be the same when it comes to accountability and liability and all of that professional uh, ethics. So let me play a couple of clips here of some. These are, uh, I got a clip, I'm going to play a clip of Jimmy Swagger, I'm going to play a clip of uh, Eddie Long, and uh, put, it in, put it in perspective of 
a, a pastoral accountability. Now, the incident with uh, the incident with Jimmy Swagger, we we all know is the 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 famous "I have sinned" uh, phrase that he put on national television that helped almost bring down his entire ministry. Um, and he was in so many sense begging forgiveness and begging and repenting of the action that uh, I've, I've forgotten what it was. I think it was involved being involved with a prostitute or something like that. But I'm going to play this clip, and then I got another clip that I'm going to play that uh, is that happened around 2010 with uh, Bishop Eddie Long with his little scandal. Um, so I'm come back in. Uh, play commentary from this and then i'm going to get to uh another little, we're going to discuss primarily the uh pastor frank ray out of memphis and his uh feud now with uh thaddeus matthews a local radio uh media personality so let's listen to this jimmy swagger it's about it's almost four minutes long so i may play the whole clip out, but i i don't know we'll just listen and we'll provide commentary check it out I have sinned against you. And I beg your forgiveness. God said to David 3,000 years ago, You have done this thing in secret. But I will do what I do openly before all of Israel. My sin was done in secret. And God has said to me, I will do what I do before the whole world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to start it right there. All right, so... So he says that his sin was done in secret, and God said, "I'm going to do what I do before everybody else." And, and I am, you know, I, I'm not a, a big time preacher. I don't have big time ministry and like that. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like, just like Jimmy. You know, I've done things in secret. Some have come to the light. Some probably will come to the light. Uh, I've had others. Um, I, I, I shared a story about a, 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 a mother in my church. A, very good lady who called me out and helped me get right and just recently a very dear friend of mine after I hurt her feelings you know called me out put me on blast and you know it it helps uh, it, it helps one put things in perspective about my humanity and my morality but at the same time it helps put me in perspective about my ministry and the integrity that is required for me to properly serve in the capacity that I serve, uh, and I'm sure as I get older, I'll make more immoral, you know, more moral failures. That I wish I could say humanity preachers are not subject to that, but we are. And once we are accountable to the fact that we are subject to it, we will have a greater chance uh, of maybe uh, being redeemed. Now that doesn't mean, and I I I, I can't say, well, he's a man or she a man. For, yeah, but that's an excuse that we can we can't rely on. Yeah, we we are we should be fully aware of our humanity, but we should not use that as a means to just do what we want to do and think we're above that. So, having said that, um, I came across, you know, I, I thought about in, in light of what I've been reading with this incident between Pastor Frank Ray. Uh, who is the pastor? Uh, a pastor in in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm not going to say the name of the church, but he's a prominent pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, and a radio personality that that is Matthews. Now, this what has happened? What stem was? What had happened was? No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, in 2011, Pastor Frank Ray divorced his wife, and that brought national attention and. He he claimed the reason he divorced is because of the, the uh, bad publicity he got from their wedding, and so forth and so on. But uh, recently, uh, a woman that he was involved with in his church claimed that he also raped uh, minors. I believe it's her daughters or something like that. But he was he had an inappropriate relationship, 
And so this is public public knowledge. She filed suit against him, restraining order or something to that nature against Pastor Ray. And Thaddeus Matthew caught wind of it. And it's on public record. So he just, you know, put it out what was already out. And uh, Pastor Ray retaliated by taking out a restraining order against Thaddeus Matthews for, uh, I guess, defamation character, whatever it may be. But uh, nonetheless, this has this has elevated further, further. Both of the men are not willing to back down, but they are fer- flaming, throwing more fuel to the fire. And as recently as last week, um, or this week, earlier this week, um, that is Matthews has. Uh, they went to court, and he posted a video about what happened in court, and he is threatening to subpoena. All of the women, all of the women that Pastor Frank Ray has as concubines, mistresses, or whatever you want to call them. Um, And I just found this kind of crazy. And a lot of this information I got from uh, PimpPreacher.com, Church Folk Revolution. You can go there and check out the story and many other things that we, uh, we draw from. And I just thought it was interesting that this came up. And it brought me to... The idea uh, brought me to thinking about how adamant some members are about defending their pastors, even when their pastors are involved in unethical behavior that if they were in a secular employee would cause them to lose their job and be subject to uh, legal action. And here we find that we find that these members are sticking by their pastor here. Let me play this clip real quick. And this is a clip from uh, a few years ago when uh, Pastor Frank Ray allegedly, and this is alleged, uh, allegedly attempted to run over his then wife. So listen to this clip, and you hear, you hear some who support him, and you'll hear some who uh, have good sense. And this is what this is. Tonight's top story, a Memphis pastor is accused of trying to run over his wife. Deborah Ray claims her husband, the Reverend Frank Ray, tried to mow her down while behind the wheel of his $150,000 Bentley. It happened two weeks ago, she says. ABC 24's Marcus Holliday talked with supporters of the minister who refused to believe a man of God would do something so unholy. That car was a tan Bentley. Deborah Ray said she was standing in the driveway here at their home in East Tennessee when the Reverend tried to run her down. As pastor of New Salem Missionary Baptist Church, Dr. Frank E. Ray commands the attention of his congregation. But on May 25th, Reverend Ray commanded the attention of the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. Deborah Ray The reverend's wife of eight years told sheriff deputies her estranged husband showed up at their East Tennessee home two weeks ago and accused her of driving his Bentley while he was out of town. The two argued, and in the midst of the argument, Mrs. Ray said the man of the cloth put the pedal to the metal and tried to run her down. Not Frankie Ray, though. Byron Seals has attended one of Reverend Ray's services at New Salem. He be talking the truth. He be be real. Seals says what's not real are the allegations Ray's wife is making against him. She just mad and probably threw that out there because they know he's in the eye of the public, so that's why she probably just trying to hurt him like that. But Danielle LaSure... I've heard negative things about him. ...does believe what Ray's wife is contending. That doesn't sit well with me. She says the Reverend is not setting a good example. Pastor's supposed to be godly and be Christ-like, and that's not Christ-like at all. Jesse Johnson agrees. He's supposed to be giving the word out. And you over here trying to run over your wife, that's, you know, you contradicting yourself. While Mrs. Ray didn't come to the door of her home, I did speak with her by telephone. When asked about the case, she told me she's not at liberty to talk about it. Marcus Holliday, ABC 24 News. All right, so here's my commentary from this. Uh, You have a pastor who, whether it's alleged or not, engages in an activity that brings shame upon his church. And I say shame because anytime your church makes news for anything other than something that they're doing in the community that's positive and reinforcing uh, and empowering the people, then that is shame. And it's definitely embarrassing to the church. 
especially when you're driving a $150,000 Bentley, you're living in a million-dollar house, and he went so far as to get the judge to ban, to get his wife banned from the church. And this Negro still have people in his church. He's still packing thousands of people in his church, still getting preaching engagements across the country, you know, and and this is public knowledge. And yet, uh, if he were in a... If if he were in a secular employee, uh, or if he were a CEO, <laughs> if he were some type of government official, he'd be impeached. Uh, well, I mean, maybe not, because <laughs> black folk don't impeach. Yeah, white folk do. We don't. Yeah, we just let them stay till they die. Uh, I'm just kidding. And apparently it's the same way with pastors. But my question again, where is the liability? You know, uh, uh, Pastor Frank Ray. When I say liability, accountability, there is no person who is calling him into accountability. If there were a person calling him into accountability, for one, uh, with the exception of uh, Matthew, uh, that is Matthews, who is in his own way. And I, I, did, I have a clip, and I didn't want to play the clip because the language, and I don't have the means of bleeping out the, you know, the language daddy's uses uh <laughs> but you can go and you know it's on youtube and again pimppreacher.com uh the folks over at church folk revolution have it they have the story and they've been following frank ray uh, and his nonsense uh for some time now but anyway so uh the question that the question that i i, I pose in 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 this whole thing is um if a person if a pastor is blatantly immoral and unethical in their professional capacity should the members of the church be able to file malpractice suits against them should they be able to should they be able to take them to court uh, or in, in some 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 fine, some way is there something that they could do to um to to bring in to ring in this 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 insanity uh you know when, should pastor be subject to liability and legal action especially for if they're providing poor services to members uh, uh in their church if they're valid if they're valid complaints regarding their public ministry should that be uh the case now in private and i like my system in in our in our communion in the african methodist episcopal church uh we have very clear rules and we have clear law and policies and processes for minister adjudication uh we have that uh and there are some who slip through we have we have incidents and i'm not airing dirty laundry but we have had incidents in the african methodist episcopal church where pastors have been uh, have acted unethically, and uh, there have been uh, clergy misconduct, and we've had to uh, dish out money, you know, not just you know pennies on the dollars. We had to dish out some serious money, and it's affected the uh, the overall view of connectional church. Now, in congregational churches, it's slightly different. You know, you have the deacon board, and there's, there's uh, one uh, a church I was affiliated with as a kid is going through that now where the deacons, uh, the members are suing the deacons. The deacons put out the pastor for what they, uh, something very similar to what Frank Ray is doing, and ever since then there's been a decline, and the church has made news because the the members are, you know, the they're involved in a lawsuit, a legal battle right now. And that reflects badly on the church universal. Think about the Catholic Church and the scandal that happened to that and how many Catholics uh, felt felt uh, just wrong, violated, and left the church. Uh, and those who did leave, didn't leave the church, you know, they stopped giving because they realized their giving was paying off, you know, lawsuits or, uh, you know, hush money and, and, and things like that. Um, but the problem is for me is that members – in some ways, and you listen to uh, to those two persons, uh, one one man, go figure, is defending Pastor Ray, Frank Ray, and saying, well, it's his wife's fault. She was just mad. You know, she just, this is her way of getting back at him. And, you know, I'm like, dude, yeah, I know it as a bro code, but don't you expect more from your pastor? 
even if his wife is vindictive and you know what they say about a woman scorn and i know from experience a woman scorn can can put you on blast and you can may never recover from it but but still in regardless of whether it's factual or not i mean you shouldn't try to defend a brother for this type of behavior and to the young woman uh and the young man it was clear that they were they were saying well there should be a higher standard expected for uh, of of ethical um, and moral behavior from those who are in the position of pastor, and it should be expected. I got one clip, and I'm going clip crazy today. <laughs> but it, it it harkened me back to uh, the Eddie Long scandal, and. If you recall the Eddie Long scandal when the, these young men came out and made accusations of sexual immorality and improper behavior uh, among them and the good bishop, um, Bishop uh, kind of had his – he had his um, – what did he say? He, he had his defense up. So I'm going to play this clip, and this is Don Lemon's – uh, at the time of the scandal, Don Lemons was an anchor with CNN, and um, he, during this scandal, he even came out of the closet and announced that he was a gay man. But he had members from the church uh, at uh, New Birth Church in the, in the Georgia area, Atlanta area, come onto the show, and they were young members. These were young persons in their early 20s, give or take, who uh, grew up in the ministry of Bishop Long and uh, you know, they were staunch defenders of this man, and he includes some of their commentary, and then he includes the the um, bishop's long speech, uh, press, whatever, or address to his church, and then he, he comes back with a young lady after, uh, who was one of the guests, uh, the other the others didn't choose to be on camera. So uh, I'll let you hear this clip, and then we'll come back and give some commentary. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, your insights on this, because uh, we go over time on this if necessary. But uh, how should uh, how, what should members do? What can members do? Do you think members feel threatened to address this? I'd like to know. Uh, so, you know, give us a call, 347 uh, 5230. I want to know, do you think members feel threatened? That's why they don't address it. Or do you think members just want to give every pastor one, two, three, or four passes uh, till it affects them directly? So I, I, I like to know that. But here's the clip from uh, Don Lemon uh, on the Ellie Long schedule. Take a listen. Okay, so last night we spoke to young members of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church about the sex allegations leveled against Bishop Eddie Long. That was before they had a chance to hear Long respond to the accusations that he had inappropriate contact with young male church members. And I asked them why they stood behind him, and I want to play a bit of that interview for you. He's my leader, and as members of the body of Christ, it is our duty to stand behind and lift the arms of our prophet. And that's what I will continue to do until he gives me reason not to. The ministry has done so much for my family and I, for my friends and I, and for my schoolmates. Uh, I stand behind the ministry. He is a true leader. Um, the word that he gives is so rich and it's so life-changing. There is something about Bishop that you just respect. All right, let me, I'm, I'm going to stop it right there. Uh, because you heard the first young man, he said that we ought to stand behind the prophet. We ought to lift up the arms of the prophet. And that's a clear, um, clear derivative of the story where uh, in Genesis where Moses I mean, not Genesis and Exodus, where when Moses and the Israelites go into battle, and the battle is waving heavy, and God says to lift up his hands, tells Moses to lift up his hands, and he keeps his hand lifted up, they win. And as long as his hands lifted up, they win in the battle. And so someone comes and props his hands up so they can uh, stay up and win the battle. And and that's a clear reference to that, uh, uh, gross, a gross misinterpretation of that, but that's how it's been applied. Now. And someone said that, you know, we're going to do it until he gives us reason not to. Any allegation, uh, any allegation, first and foremost, should be enough reason to first question. If nothing else, question 
you know, don't just take it blindly. And that's the problem that I have with some of these believers, some Christians. I hate the fact that they just blindly accept uh, their leader's story, their, their side of the story. They blindly accept the fact that, that um, you know, someone can bring an accusation, particularly about sexual misconduct or financial misconduct, and... Um, and 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 the people will count it off, even if it's even if it's true, you know. And not the parties where there have been open secrets, you know, open secrets, uh, where everybody knows that this is really going on, but nobody really wants to address it because they don't want to be the one, uh, you know, the black sheep. They don't want to be. Uh, shut out because they're calling out the sins or the misappropriations or the immorality of the preacher. And unfortunately, I've been a part of that brainwashed crowd. I've been there where where they had, you know, we had this one, but there was this one church where it was clear immorality involved, clear immorality. Matter of fact, what happened was the the pastor finished preaching. And when he opened the doors of the church, uh, two people came forward, and they were members of the church already. And uh, no, it was three. And two were women, and one was a man. And they sat in the chair, you know, in the Baptist church. They put the chair out. You sat down in the chair. And so we were thinking they were coming for a rededication or something because we knew these these were solid members of the church, good tithing members uh, of the church. And so. When the pastor gave them the microphone to give a word to the audience, they went to the pastor and said, Pastor, you wrong, and you know you wrong. You know what you did, and you need to repent. And while they were saying this, the vast majority of the congregation was, boo, sit down, shut up, and, you know. And I'm looking like, this can't be happening. And, and so this person takes the seat. The next person, again, uh, they give the mic. And the pastor, again, is standing back there, standing behind them, and just he looked cool, calm, and collected. And the next person gets the microphone and says something very long, along similar lines. Pastor, uh, more specifically, you know, you know what you did, and you hurt me, and blah, blah, blah. This was the, one of the females. And, again, the audience, the congregation booed her. And uh, as they were giving the con- the microphone to the next person, uh, the music this was, musician was cued to start music. <laughs> so the musician started playing, and you know it wasn't no sad song; it was an upbeat tempo song. And folks started clapping. And the next person was speaking again. They were speaking allegations against the pastor, and folks just ignored them. They started shouting, and I was looking like, man, this is a bunch of you know what. And I didn't leave because they fed us. We were in college, and they fed us all the time. So, you know, I didn't want to – well, we couldn't get home. We rode the bus, the van home. But after that incident, we were taking about three or four van loads of kids from the campus to this church. But after that particular incident, i never forget, after that Sunday, about a third of them just quit. They stopped going to church. They didn't go to nothing because it was embarrassing to them to to have members – Allegation, make blatant accusations against the um, the pastor, and have the pastor support the people. I mean, have the people support the pastor, even though it was, and you know, it was one of those open secrets. So, I, I, I said all that, and because just listening to those guys, uh, though, it was quite saddening. So. Okay, so last night we spoke to young members of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church about the sex allegations leveled against Bishop Eddie Long. That was before they had a chance to hear Long respond to the accusations that he had inappropriate contact with young male church members. And I asked them why they stood behind him. Now, while he's talking, um, and and I'm going to talk over this because I I can't fast forward to to where um, Bishop Long is talking. And Bishop Long gets up there, and he gets his famous, I got five stones, and I'm going to, you know, uh, as soon as that come up, I'm going to listen to that. But the whole fact of the matter is the fact, the whole point of the matter is the fact that some people are just unwilling to address 
she the serious so issue. Rich. And I got a friend. Yeah, it's so life changing. I have a friend who, who is uh, not scared to address issues when it comes to people, um, and so and you know share some things. And I, I won't say he exposes them, but part of what he does is help help people understand the humanity of the pastor, especially after such a bad incident. But see, responsibility was to my family. All right, this is Eddie Lamb. And, uh, this is him addressing uh, of people. And then my next responsibility is not to address the world before I address my family new birth. There have been allegations and attacks made on me. I have never in my life portrayed myself as a perfect man. But I am not the man that's being portrayed on the television. That's not me. That is not me. By the counsel of my lawyers, they have not advised me not to try this case in the media. I am not going to try this case in the media. It will be tried in the court of justice and dealt with in the court of justice. And please understand, because that's the only place I think I'll get justice, uh, but being in the hands of God. Please hear this. Please hear this. I've been accused. I'm under attack. I want you to know, as I said earlier, I am not a perfect man. But this thing, I'm going to fight. And I want you to know one other thing. I feel like David against Goliath. But I got five rocks, and I haven't phoned one yet. So, Gabrielle, what do you think? All right, so uh, I'm running out of time, so I didn't want to go into that. And, of course, if you follow the story, why even though he had five rocks and he didn't throw one and he said he was going to fight, he ended up selling for $25 million, by the way. And that was an off-the-cuff admission of guilt of some kind, uh, you know, indirect, saying that, yeah, I did something inappropriate and that caused harm and violated violated these young men, and I am willing to be accountable financially for that, but I'm not willing to be accountable to my people or to those who I serve and lead, so what they don't know ain't going to hurt them. But uh, his congregation has, has kind of dwindled, and and it, it did hurt. It did hurt. It, it is hurting. Matter of factly, the, as of late, they're even saying that, you know, his wife, you know, they went back and forth with this divorce thing. And as of right now, she is, you know, there she comes when she want to come. And um, and it was reported just a few days ago that he was, Bishop Long was at a nail salon with a young man watching him get his nails done. And it's unclear whether he was sponsoring the young man getting his nails done or just have to be in the same spot. <laughs> waiting to get his nails done. We don't know. It doesn't. It's just funny. But either way, the the fact that people still, you know, go to these these men after such, and 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 I want to be clear. I want to make it clear that um, every man must be accountable for their own behavior. Every man must be subject to their own conscience, whether of guilt uh, or, you know, when it comes to guilt. Uh, but for pastors, there has to be a greater sense of accountability. 
and liability because you're playing with people's not only you're playing with people's souls, but you're playing with people's emotions. And that's dangerous. And I think about the pastor in Lake Charles, Louisiana, who was involved in an in extramarital affair with the, husband, with the wife of one of the deacons. And the deacon discovered that and shot the man point blank while he was preaching. Just went up there and killed him. And he did it because he was angry. At the fact that this his leader was, a, you know, unethical, violated himself, violated his wife, violated his marriage, violated all of his trust. And some some people can't take that violation. Others, and these are the ones I, call, I consider really gullible, the ones who allow themselves to be continually violated. It's like being molested over and over, and you just say, keep doing it. It's like being raped over and over, and you're just saying, oh, oh, oh. And I, I apologize for using these type of uh, these um, these these um, symbols, these uh, these parallels. But uh, but it's that's that's the same thing. You're allowing this individual simply because of their position to behave immorally, and then you choose to accept. But then, in the same breath, they may condemn your immoral behavior. Think about back in the day. Uh, I remember when church folks used to come up to the altar, you know, and you had to tell what you did. <laughs> I thank God they don't do this. I know some people can testify to that. Back in the old holiness church, you know, if you did something wrong and somebody knew, they made you go up there and tell the whole congregation. Now, the preacher didn't have to do it, but the preacher would make you do it. And then there were those who had these, you know, Unctions from God tell you about your business. You know, they were prophets or or had the gift of word of knowledge or word of wisdom. They could tell you about your business, and they put you on blast. Uh, but you were not allowed to put them on blast. Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? And, and that double standard is is very threat. It's damaging to the church. I say damaging because, uh, particularly in the black church, and I know it, it's probably been around for centuries in the white church but in the black church when we begin to adapt the the ways and means of our fair-skinned brothers and sisters it doesn't work for us almost like cult cult like uh and god worship idol worship toward our leaders in the church our pastors and we're going to talk about that anyway later on i'm gonna do a special segment and uh regarding uh some of the uh, cult leaders in the black church history that we, you know, you may know of, may not know of, and some who may be present today. But we raise, it's like even at the special, it's worse at the smaller congregation. The, the congregations that have 15 people or less, 20 people or less, and their pastor is elevated above all of them and can get all up in their business because it's a small church and they regularly regularly abusing these people spiritually and yet the people never take action against them never stand against them or if they do it's it ends up being a, in a violent manner or in in the case of mega churches where preachers can get away with just about anything and uh <laughs> and rape the church literally financially rape the church spiritually uh and the people follow them blindly and I, I wish there was a way that we could deal with it. And again, every 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 communion, every faith communion has some way, some way, some means of governing. You know, they may have a, a, a constitution and bylaws that states the boundaries of you know of leadership. But nine times out of ten, uh, if they don't have elders who are uh, not affiliated with the church. And I'm not talking about in Zion and reforms like mine, you know, in the Methodist and um, Catholic or Episcopal. You know, we have means of uh, of that. We have we're a Episcopal form of government, so we have greater sense of accountability for, for pastors. But I'm talking about these lo these smaller communities, these new fellowships and stuff, where everybody, you know, they just start one, and you know, you become bishop and you have your church and. Nobody can tell you what to do. You're not accountable to anyone. The, the pastor isn't accountable to anyone. And the people uh, get abused and things like that. And that is what we have to address. In the black church, and particularly, you know, 
we have this sense that as long as the person can preach good, that's good enough. As long as they make me feel good, either on Wednesday doing uh, church service, on Sunday doing church service, doing revival or doing a conference, we don't care about their uh, outside lifestyle. And that's why you can have a lot of persons who can do just about anything. You know, there are preachers who steal identities. There was one preacher who was, you know, she took out, uh, she stole, she took out insurance policies on her members and uh, and degraded one so bad that it caused her to commit suicide. You know, that stuff happens in the church in, in today, and it's going on. And there's no there's no way of there you know we don't have a surefire way of stopping that and i'm not even sure if there'll ever be a surefire way of stopping that but i do know that we need to do better and as people we need to demand better uh you know we need to demand that our pastors uh our our clergy persons and those who seek to be in ministry uh put forth their best effort to live an upright life and be aware that while they're human, human that they will have flaws, they will, they're fallible, they're subject to immorality, and, you know, and just allow them to be themselves. And, and I'm going to put it this way. Then, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wrap up because I can ramble on about this. I believe if pastors were allowed to just be themselves and be human, and if the members didn't raise them up to the standard, such a high standard, we wouldn't see as much going on with this. Now, that's not to say that a pastor such as Frank Ray should have, you know, just run through his congregation and get babies from members and, you know, we act like nothing happened. No, you know, that, that that's a clear indication that that person is not qualified to be in that type of leadership position. Uh, and they should probably call for it, but they ain't going to call for it. They're making money. I'm sure deacons probably getting kicked back. Somebody could keep back, and you know, and the woman who brought up this latest scandal, um, you know, we don't know what her motive is outside the allegation of what he did to her. Uh, the other, the younger, I, I think her daughters or whoever. But my, my point is, there has to be a call for greater accountability, and it's not just for the church. You know, this goes on. Not just in the church, but in any type of organization, be it non-believing, be it believing, be it public, be it private, be it corporate, uh, secular, uh, whatever it is. You know, we have to have a greater sense of accountability. We must demand it. You know, not everything calls for a preacher to, you know, to step down. You know, not everything. Uh, some things can be dealt with. Some be, some things can, you know, be overlooked. Well, I don't even want to say overlooked, but, you know, some folk could just take some stuff. But when it comes to things as serious as allegations as the ones that we have addressed here uh, during the show, then this is there, – there needs to be great accountability. And, and I, while I did not address it, but, you know, I think there should be some liability. I think if pastors do such things, I think the members have a right to call them, call legal action upon, take legal action upon them. Because again, it's you know, you're not just playing with their soul; you're playing with a lot more. And some people get damaged, and that damage is irreparable. And if you are a professional minister, then you should behave so, as such. Well, I've overgone my time, run over my time. I thank you for uh, listening. I thank you for sharing. And uh, we won't be uh, – we'll be at the Christian Edu- – 8th Episcopal District Christian Education Congress uh, next week. And if you are there in – if you're in the Hattiesburg, Mississippi area, anywhere uh, surrounding areas, Biloxi, Jackson, come out. We have some great workshops. We have some wonderful dynamic preachers, and I guarantee you enjoy yourself at the 8th District Episcopal uh, – 8th Episcopal District Christian Education Congress. I wanted the presenters this year, and I'm looking forward to having a wonderful time. But uh, I digress. And also, um, put the plug in, if you are in the Jackson Metro area, on July the 24th at 7 o'clock p.m., we'll be having uh, the Richard Allen Young Adult Council. That's the Young Adult Ministry at the New Bethel Church. We'll be sponsoring a spoken word, uh, our regular spoken word, Underground 2202. 
and we invite you to come out. We got a very special guest, Miranda J, who is a local radio personality, will be our very, very special guest. She'll be spitting some knowledge, and I'm going to be spitting some knowledge, and we got some other great poets who are going to be spitting some knowledge. We want you to come out and have a great time. So that's on July 24th, and uh, again, July 19th, I'll be at the United uh, uh Prayer, ah oh, man, I can't even think of the name. Well, Bishop uh, Adrian Williams, <laughs> Bishop, forgive me. I, I you know, I, I forgot it. Uh, I forgot what the name of your church is. <laughs> but she'll be, I'll be at her church ministering and doing a workshop on preachers and depression and suicide. And you don't want to miss that if you're in the area, you come out. And uh, we'll make that available to you also. And check out the website. We got updates and um Try to keep that updated. That's LorenzoTNeal.com, Facebook page, Zero Network. Um, again, follow the follow the show, like the show, subscribe, and hit me up any way you can. We thank you for all your support, everything you do. And we're going to call it another day. Till next time, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Stay fresh, stay clean. God bless you and God keep you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.